welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's special spooky Halloween episode, <laughs> we're talking about the 10 spookiest or creepiest uh, Disney movies Disney has ever made. And I know we're a little late or day late with this one, but we are recording this on Halloween, so I still say it counts. No, it totally counts. <laughs> You're in your candy coma after all that trick-or-treating. It's the, it's the perfect episode. Exactly. And all these movies aren't necessarily quote-unquote scary movies, but it's, it's more about like... Unsettling. Yeah. Creepy. And it really, if you look at a lot of Disney movies, there is a lot of unsettling stuff in this. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you, you put this list together... And when you're talking about these movies, I'm like, that's not a scary movie. Like, Disney doesn't make scary movies. But when you look at specific aspects of it and scenes, and especially the older movies, they are unsettling and Mm -hmm. and kind of spooky whenever you look at some of them. So I'm excited to kind of go through this list here. Um, But before we get into that, I want to touch on the Disney news of the week. So Disney is hinting on their TikTok that the Main Street Electrical Light Parade may be returning to Disneyland. So they had their TikTok and they showed the snail from the parade coming, which leads a lot of people to believe that the Main Street Electric Light Parade will be returning, which is exciting because not only is that a parade, but it is a nighttime parade as well. Um, So again, just another hint that more entertainment is returning, which may mean that Walt Disney World may get some of their parades back. So uh, just all good news, but no official confirmation yet. But I think the fact that they're showing it on TikTok <laughs> would, would lead you to believe that it's coming sometime soon. Yeah, I don't know if we've ever seen this. So once it comes back, we're going to have to head back, head back out to California to check it out. Yeah, and I know a lot of people, I think, aren't happy that they're picking the Electric Light Parade to come back. Because I think a lot of people have preferred Paint the Night or some of the other shows they've had. Uh, since then because it's actually been a while since this show has been there but i say hey something's better than nothing so (laughs) yeah i'll take this over anything i mean i actually you know we saw paint the night when we were at disneyland a few years ago and uh, tokyo still has the electric light yeah i was just gonna say i thought we went we saw it in the states it was in tokyo that we saw it yeah so so we've seen them there you know walt disney world doesn't have a nighttime kind of light up parade like this Mm-mm. and after seeing the paint the night parade you kind of really want something to come to disney world i actually think animal kingdom would be a great park for something like this because they really don't have any firework shows or anything obviously because of the animals but you could add a nighttime show where they have a parade and it would fit in well you could just have animals and, and things that that are uh, lit up they could theme it really interestingly too. Like they could do animals that are bioluminescent or, I mean, I think that they'd be extraordinarily limited to like fish and jellyfish and stuff, uh, bugs, but still it would be really interesting to see them adapt. You can work like that this. in there. Yeah. yeah, you could. Yeah. So yeah, Disney definitely brings something like this to Disney world, but again, exciting stuff that it's coming back to Disneyland. Hopefully we get an official date soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel also announced that they're making some changes to the release dates for their movies. So they're essentially pushing all of their movies back that they've announced one release date. So The Eternals is still coming out this week. As far as we know, Spider-Man will still be out in December. Sony controls that, but um, it sounds like it'll still be coming out in December. But everything coming out next year and in 2023 is shifting back. So Doctor Strange was supposed to come out March 25th. That's moving back to May 6th. 
which pushes Thor Love and Thunder back to July 8th, which pushes Black Panther Wakanda Forever back to November 11th, which pushes the Marvels to February 17th of 2023, which then pushes Ant-Man 3 to July 28th of 2023. So the the dates their movies coming out aren't changing. They're just shifting everything back a little bit. There, there are some rumors that Doctor Strange 2 is going through some reshoots because there's some issues with the story and they want to really ramp up the multiverse. They really want to play in that multiverse of madness and that some initial internal screenings, people's response was it's the multiverse. You need to have more cameos and multiversal characters in here. You know, you need to have a little bit more fan service. So they're doing some reshoots on that. So I think that's maybe one of the reasons it's pushing back. I also think they're, they're sliding this back a little bit because while uh, Shang-Chi's done decently well at the box office and we'll see what Eternals does. I still don't think the box office is fully back yet. It's getting there. And so this buys them a few more months and really Dr. Strange uh, two now will kick off kind of the summer movie season versus coming out uh, in March. And so hopefully by then they're, they're hoping that more people will be comfortable coming back to the theaters and they can have a big summer with, you know, Dr. Strange two and Thor, um, kind of dominating the the summer movie season. I'm really glad to see that Marvel is just taking their time with it because the more of these movies they release, the harder it is for them to be different. And, you know, I don't want them to rush it and kind of make these into a joke. Yeah, I mean, I, I really do think this does go to show that they have kind of nothing but time on their sides, that they're they're comfortable delaying these movies, especially with all the shows coming out on Disney+. Plus. It's not like shifting these movies back a few months is going to have people forget about Marvel because there's so much other stuff coming out. I also think it goes to show that, you know, Doctor Strange 2 tying into the multiverse is probably going to play a bigger part in the overarching MCU because that was going to come out March 25th, which typically in the winter, you don't release big movies like that. And it's moving to May, which is kind of the start of the summer movie season, which is when a lot more people typically go to the movie theater. And so moving it into that position, I think shows it's it's definitely a, a bigger part um, of the MCU and same with Thor, just pushing that more into summer. I think that's obviously going to be a big movie with Thor and the Guardians being a part of that. So going to wait a few more months for some of these movies, but it's exciting to know that they're still coming out and they're not like canceling them. And it's not like going to be three years before we get these movies. All right. And then the last thing I wanted to touch on is that the Fort Wilderness golf cart parade returned this year. And this was something we weren't aware about. Uh, before but it was canceled last year due to the pandemic it's back this year if you've not heard of this or you've not seen pictures of this go and google it and check it out but what people do is they decorate golf carts and they have a parade at fort wilderness they do this for halloween and i believe they do this for some other holidays as well but some of these golf carts are elaborate yeah so elaborate and intricate it's super impressive one of them was uh, they recreated like the rise of the resistance ride vehicle. One of them was essentially a full Moana display. Uh, yeah, it, it it's so ingenious. It, I mean, it's amazing. Definitely go check these out. I, I personally like the box that the magic bands came in. Yeah, that's that's great. Everybody's dressed up like a magic band. I mean, it makes me want to do this. I didn't know it existed, but now I'm like somehow. Well, how can I like get down there with a golf cart and like decorate these? <laughs> how long would it take you to drive from Pennsylvania to Florida? In a golf cart. I want to know. In a golf cart? I oh, want to know. take forever. <laughs> I don't want to drive it. the I golf cart I feel like this there. is some sort of record. I mean, I wouldn't drive a golf cart down there, but yeah, definitely. I, I want to I like see this and 
or and or like be a participant in it. So I feel like now I need to go down on Halloween so I can at least see this or somehow decorate my own golf cart to be a part of this because it, it's impressive. Definitely go check out these images because us describing it doesn't know justice at all. I mean, these are incredibly detailed and it's really impressive to see this. And it's, a, it's impressive too because people do it. It's not Disney doing it with their you know funds. It's like people doing this as like a hobby. So let's jump into our main topic this week and it is discussing the 10 spookiest slash creepiest uh, movies Disney's ever made. And we would love to hear your thoughts on what the creepiest movie Disney ever made was. So head over to our Facebook, Enchanted Ears, and definitely be sure to comment. Let us know over there uh, what your top pick is. All right. So rounding out our top 10 is a movie that I'm quite fond of. The Lion King, I think, kind of comes in there as number 10. It's mostly an upbeat, really nice movie. However, I know... Except for Mufasa dying and, <laughs> well, and Scar trying and, to take over and, and that's everything. exactly... Like that. Very, very upbeat. You know, the whole Pride Land's burning. Well, very well, upbeat. That's exactly where I'm it getting into, have, though. It does have that whole musical number at the beginning. I just can't wait to be king. I see where you're getting upbeat now. I see it. Yeah, the part where he says, I can't wait till my father dies so I, I can be king. It is. It's so weird. <laughs> so creepy. But, and that's that's kind of where I'm going with this is that you know the whole scene with be prepared where Scar is singing about his plot to murder his own brother I mean that entire song is is him proposing to the hyenas his plan and telling them what their role is going to be and then you have that really I mean the green smoke and him jumping around and then uh, you also have the marching hyenas which yeah, are it's, it's like a military I mean it's, a, it's, it's yeah. very militant and and it's it's I mean, it's meant to look like the Nazis. It's a very creepy scene. And then that is immediately followed with the stampede scene, which, again, is very tense, very scary. And I know, I mean, it's emotional. I remember I probably cried the first 10 times I saw it. So it is all in all a very like scary kind of movie. Yeah. And I will say with, with all of these, and again, I kind of mentioned at the top of the episode, I mean, none of these are quote unquote scary movies, but definitely when you think about it and just like you're kind of describing on some of the scenes and, you know, I was joking and you said it's upbeat and it's like, oh, Mufasa dies, Simba <laughs> gets run out, the pride lands are on fire. While these are not necessarily scary movies overall, if you really do go back and you look at certain scenes and you think of it from the perspective of a child, because these are all are children's movies, you know, that children are going to see. Like if you're an adult, you understand it's a cartoon. It's not real. But yeah, from a child's perspective, and even if you, you know, you think about some of the stuff going on, they are like very unsettling. A lot of these movies. And also, I mean, the thing that's also the most unsettling is as an adult looking at Simba the amount of trauma that he is dealing with is so heavy. And I think, I don't think you, you quite get, get that you as get a, a different kid. perspective. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So, I mean, that aspect of it is also, I mean, it's like a worst nightmare scenario. He, he witnesses the death of his own father and then he thinks he did it. So, I mean, this, the, all around the Lion King is actually kind of like quite a scary movie when you think about it. So then going up into number nine and I have, very little reason for this, except for I still won't watch this movie. Is Alice in Wonderland, and I'm I mean, talking, talking the original, and the I'm animated. talking yeah, the animated version. This movie is so trippy. The colors are so bright. The Cheshire Cat. I mean, the fact that his eyes and mouth will just appear, and you can't see the rest of his body. The Queen of Hearts. The fact that she screams off with their heads. I mean, all of these different components 
make this movie very scary and the way the magic system works where eat me and she gets bigger and drink me and get she gets smaller there's there's the part where she's like stuck and that also I mean for somebody who I think has mild claustrophobia that's that's scary in and of itself so the whole movie feels very out of control and I think and that's how it's supposed to feel right and exactly I, and I think that also goes to show you of how well Disney did with the movie of you know that is the emotion and the story that you're supposed to get that mm-hmm. it is just this you know trippy otherworldly thing where things don't make sense and and it's just kind of confusing it's almost like a dream you know like when you're dreaming mm-hmm. like odd things happen in it that may seem it's normal jarring. yeah but it, yeah it's jarring but some stuff may seem normal then when you look back on it you're like no that's something's off about that and it's kind of like that like you take a cat but yeah, just having it just ran its face randomly appear is just off-putting, you know. And just the way that kind of plays into it, it just goes to show you like how well of a of a job they did creating this. That yeah, you can kind of look back on it and and just certain pieces of it just like don't sit well with you, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just it, it is something's just a little bit off on it. My next one is a movie that definitely falls into the category of movie that's not actually scary, but there is some scary scenes in it. And this is Toy Story. I the actually, computer animation was very frightening <laughs> back then. If you, if, if you go back and look at it, I, I mean, it's a little. Off. I was gonna say like Sid's face and Andy's face. Yeah, they're, yeah the they're humans. A little, the humans weren't quite right. The there. humans definitely were not quite right. But, but Sid is what makes this movie scary. Exactly. Though. And one of you know, so I, it works. I, I did. I threw. I threw this question out to some of my friends, and they gave me some suggestions. And this was one of the things that they suggested to me. And I actually went back and rewatched the scene where they go into Sid's room, where they they end up in his backpack and they go into his room and all of these mutilated toys come out. But the part that I found the most scary, again, this is a, a from an adult perspective, where you have this child who obviously is very disturbed and his family plays into it and do, does nothing about it. I mean, he steals his, his sister's doll. He rips her head off. He has these tools in his room. He has... 15 locks on his door. Why do his parents allow that to happen? A lot of this stuff, this kid is obviously in need of some serious therapy and they do nothing about it. So it is very, it's very scary. And then obviously you think about it from the toys perspective, from Woody and Buzz's perspective, they're frightened for their lives because these toys are really creepy. So yeah, I think this is a really scary scene. I actually think the scariest part of Toy Story, and I, and I remember this as a kid, um, the movie actually did kind of unsettled me i don't want to maybe say scared me but we'll say scared me uh is the fact that the toys came alive because <laughs> i was convinced after that that every time i left my room <laughs> my toys were going to come to life and a lot of kids would be like oh that's great my toys are alive i can play with me no i did not want them watching me when i slept yeah. um and talking about me and moving around i was convinced for a while um that my toys were going to come to life and that was that was the scariest part of the whole movie to me. But I'm with you. Sid, Sid, they, they definitely, and they met him to be that because he was the villain. So it was right. meant to be scary. But again, I mean, I could just see the simple premise of your toys coming to life. As a kid, it frightened me. I could see a lot of kids being frightened me by too. that. Um, again, kind of not necessarily intended to be scary. Um, but yeah, a lot of Pixar movies, if you really think about the premise, if you're a young kid and you take some of that stuff literally, like inside out, there's little people inside my brain. <laughs> You could be freaked out by that very easily. So our next one is Fantasia. And more specifically, the part of Fantasia called Night on Bald Mountain. Okay, I'm disagreeing with this because <laughs> you're going to talk about why the Chernobog is scary. And I'm going to tell you, he's just misunderstood. He is an incredible DJ at my dinner party. 
if, if you want to hear that episode, uh, go back and listen to that. that. was a few weeks ago where we talked about villains we'd invite to our dinner party. And I think the Chernobog uh, is just a misunderstood guy. But go ahead, tell me why this is super scary okay. and I should be afraid of so, him. So first of all, he's not a DJ. The entire movie is a musical. So there is no part of it that leads me to believe that he is the one conducting the music. What he is doing is he's conducting the spirits. He's raising the spirits he's from spirit the DJ. dead. Spirit DJ. <laughs> okay, sure. He's And he's raising these spirits from the dead. They're dancing around. They're freaky. They have all kinds of like weird demonic you know features it, it, it is a very frightening sequence it's the fact that it, it, it's just so it's so strange um being in this film it, it's just the music is very dramatic yeah, which I plays mean whole, it feeds into all of fantasia really is very dramatic and over the top in, in some ways. Like like to your point, the, the music is very dramatic, but all of Fantasia has very dramatic music. And even like, you know, with with the brooms, like the scene with the brooms and yeah. and and the you know pails of water, that's very dramatic. And there's there's something about it that kind of brings some anxiety to you <laughs> just because you're like it just keeps going and going well, and the beat just keeps continuing. Like that whole movie kind of builds like that. But you're right, with with the night on Bald Mountain scene, I mean the fact that all these skeletons and ghosts and, and ghouls and everything are coming up out of the graveyard and overtaking the town. It, it is very frightening because, you know, to think of that, I mean, it, it does have and a very, it does have a very Halloween. Yeah. It does have a very Halloween feel to it. And then you have the Chernabog who is this, you know, demon with wings on the and mountain and stuff. It's all happening under cover of darkness, which yeah. is something that plays into the fear of many little kids. I mean, I was afraid of the dark for sure. And I know that that is not an uncommon fear. So it's like, oh, the top of the mountain is actually this big demon. And whenever you're asleep until the, the church bell rings or whatever, these demons are rampaging through your town. That's freaky. Yep. I will say, though, again, to defend my good friend, the Chernobog, because he was a great guest at my dinner party. The spirits didn't hurt anybody. They went back to sleep very peacefully. There was no damage. They cleaned up after themselves. Nobody even knew they were there. That's all I'm just going to say. One thing I did like about Fantasia, though, is the idea that you could use magic to bring brooms to life to do your chores for you. Because that, I think, I loved that you part. Magic. You can have woodland creatures, all sorts of things. There's a ton of ways to, I, get, to get your chores done in Disney movies. I feel like we should start like a cleaning service where we find magical items and have that do Because that would be... That would make so much money. Basically, and also, I would love to stop cleaning our house. Basically, every Disney movie is just about how you can get your chores done by other creatures or magic or people that you don't even have to do them yourself. Ba I mean, basically, every Disney movie, nobody's doing <laughs> there, their actual chores. There's some segment, yeah, yeah, where you're not doing your chores. All right, so our number six movie here is Pinocchio. First of all, I mean, he's a marionette. That in and of itself, puppets, kind of creepy. And this old man wishes that this puppet would come to life. And then what does he do? The first thing he does is pretty much goes off. I mean, listens to the first person who talks to him. And then he gets sold into Stromboli's marionette thing and he gets kidnapped. So this is very like anxiety provoking for a child. Yeah, I think, you know, basically Pinocchio's journey yeah, is very frightening. I mean, if you go back and it's a much older movie, I don't think they would make a movie like this today. But like, there is a lot of yeah, kidnapping and almost like human uh, trafficking. He gets kidnapped and stuff. twice. Yeah, I mean, and then there's human trafficking yeah, but, with the second one. But the whole yeah, the whole idea of just like 
Pleasure Island and like the young boys there that are kidnapped and they're turned into donkeys to be then used as like a workforce. And basically like if you misbehave, this is going to happen to you. Like this is what happens to children. I mean, it's such heavy handed theming with that. And then you go through that whole, I forget what is Lampy is what he calls his friend, but he, his friend goes through a scene where it's like in one minute, he goes from a child to a donkey who is freaking out, kicks a mirror. Like he, completely loses all of his humanity and then as joe was mentioning then there's human trafficking because then those those donkeys base i mean they are donkeys but they were human get sold into the salt mines they get sold into the circus so um it's very very unsettling yeah it's a very disturbing movie if you really look at this and and a lot of older disney movies have problematic and disturbing storylines that you know, Disney tries to clean up a little bit um, in, in some of their movies with some of these warnings. But yeah, Pinocchio has like a very, yeah, very disturbing storyline that, yeah, especially if you're a young kid and you're watching it, like, you know, parents could almost use this. Like, this is, you know, if you if you misbehave, like bad things are going to happen to you. You need to listen to me. And and that is like frightening. So yeah, uh-huh. it's, it's definitely, when you said, when you were talking about this, you're like, Pinocchio, I'm like, Pinocchio is not scary, but then when I was like going back and yeah, thinking of those scenes, I'm like, okay, there's a lot of stuff that happens to Pinocchio that, like, it's it's disturbing and frightening. Exactly, it's the things that your parents kind of warn you about. You stay away from strangers, stuff like that. All right, the next one is the Black Cauldrons. So I just watched the Black Cauldron, and the Horn King is so creepy. I mean, he is basically the Grim Reaper. He has a skull for a face. His eyes glow red. This is your first scene where you see the Black Cauldron and the and the Horn King. And it just opens the movie with such a such a darkness and it is so scary. And then you have the scene where the dragons are chasing after the pig and grab the pig. There's a lot of creepy imagery and then you have Gurgi, which I don't know what kind of creature Gurgi is. I actually think he's, he's adorable. He's the prelude to Stitch. That's where they got Stitch's voice <laughs> he, from. He's Stitch, Stitch, and uh, and Gollum together. But basically, he looks like an old man plus a dog plus a sloth. I, I, I'm not exactly sure what he is. He may be the strangest creature <laughs> Disney has ever made. He's the missing link. <laughs> yeah, he he may he may be the most odd creature disney ever created right and then so you have this undead army which i didn't even mention so the the horn king is trying to use the black cauldron to basically brings in these dead soldiers to raise them up from the dead which he ends up doing and then the witches turn people into frogs and then try to eat them i mean the entire movie again has some really unsettling through lines through it yeah and i i think you know as we're getting into the top half of this list they're more overtly scary. Yes, and it's more the whole movie. So to your point, there's basically a lot going through. And The Black Cauldron definitely was made to be a little bit of a darker, edgier movie. You know, it wasn't necessarily, um, you know, meant to be this, you know, super, you know, family-friendly, you know, Disney fair. It, it was definitely Disney trying to go in a little bit of a different direction. Um, but yeah, you know, some of the earlier ones on the list, like with The Lion King and things, like there are some scenes that, that are scary in that, and there's, you know, some stuff that's a little bit off-putting. Um, but yeah, as we get to this top five of these, um, it's definitely more, you know, either it was meant to be, uh, you know, kind of a darker story or that kind of scary creepiness is kind of more throughout the entire storyline. I mean, anytime you're dealing with like magic and th- I mean, even just the black cauldron, like it just sounds scary. 
the title thing is really interesting because yeah whenever you we get into our next movie which is pirates of the caribbean curse of the black pearl you have the word curse straight in the title so this movie again it's it's one of my favorites but i'm trying to when i thought back to the first time i saw this movie I was frightened because this movie definitely has elements of horror. You have the scene where all of the pirates come on land and they, I mean, they, they're murdering people. They straight murder people. They get, uh, one of the characters gets blown up. There's a, there's a cannonball that comes through a wall. Um, the whole scene where Elizabeth is running away from Pintel and Rigetti is very tense and scary. And then you have the scene where Elizabeth is, brought onto the ship and sees all of the pirates for the first time in their skull selves. And you have Barbosa who says you best start believing in ghost stories. You're in one. Yeah. So all of those scenes together, I mean, it is extraordinarily scary. And then there's the, even the jump scare with the monkey where he pops into the frame and you're not expecting him. Yeah. I think the whole supernatural element to it, is what really is is scary. I mean, I mean, pirates, like you said. I mean, the, the kind of the pirates pillaging the town and everything, you know, can can definitely be frightening. But but the whole supernatural element on top of that is, I think, kind of what puts it over the top. Because if it was just a movie about pirates, I think in and of itself that wouldn't be that scary. But yeah, when you add, you know, this supernatural element and you kind of you know put yourself in Elizabeth's shoes of. I'm in this, they're cursed pirates. You know, what are they going to do to me? They can't be killed. That really kind of puts it over the top. I also say this, I believe this is the only movie on the list that's PG-13. So it is definitely, you know, more geared towards the adult, kind of maybe more violent, scary. And that kind of definitely shows with it. And again, like to your point in the title, you know, curse is in it. Again, it's kind of helps set the tone that you know, like something's going on here that I kind of need to be on the lookout for. Exactly. You know, again, I've seen it so many times that I'm so used to it. But whenever I really look back at it, I mean, the whole franchise has that. The second movie also with with, you know, you have like Davy Jones and and Tia Dalma. I mean, that is also horrifying. So this especially so this whole series has a lot of these elements of horror. So the next movie on the list kind of goes backward into the on a psychological level it is scary and this is the hunchback of notre dame and this movie it opens up with quasimodo's mother dying from hitting her head on the ground which that is scary in and of itself that something that simple could kill you yeah and the the whole movie i mean hunchback definitely has there's not really a lot of like silver linings in hunchback (laughs) and there is like a lot of death like you said it it opens like very dramatically, it really catches you off guard. It really lays out how Frollo is a villain. I mean, he's like willing to kill children and anybody kind of in his way. And you get to this whole point of like the whole, you know, mob mentality as well, where mm-hmm. everybody is kind of after Quasimodo. Because he's different. Right, because he's different. And but it, and that's the thing, like it the movie never really gets better. Like, <laughs> you know, dark. the mob comes after him and then you know, there's the fire and Frollo, you know, falls, dies in the fire. Like, it's just, there's not really like a bright spot in this movie. And to your point, you know, there is, part of it is psychological, again, of this like mob mentality and how people can like turn on each it's other. So and realistic. that people, yeah, would, would do this. That really adds to it. And then, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, Frollo, he, he's just straight evil. I mean, there's no real like redeeming qualities to him at all. Mm-mm. And Frollo himself, I mean, he is pro 
genocide. He's pro-murdering all of the gypsies. He doesn't want them to exist. He literally tells Phoebus to lock the doors of a house with people in it and set it on fire because of who they are. So he is just absolutely irredeemable as a human being. Yeah, definitely unforgivable. And again, it's it's definitely more on kind of a, a darker take on a story. And I think the story itself isn't mm-hmm. necessarily like yeah. one of those happy fairy Victor tales. Victor Hugo is not known for ha- writing happy stories. I believe he was also the Les Miserables yeah, guy. Believe, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of just sorrow in his writing. So all right. Our next one is The Nightmare Before Christmas. And Again, this one isn't necessarily meant to be a scary movie, but there's a lot of elements of it. And again, if you think about it from kind of a kid's perspective, a lot of unsettling and creepy stuff happens into it. So, I mean, first of all, it's stop motion animation, which in and of itself has just an unsettling vibe. Yeah, I'm not a fan of stop motion animation at all, unless it's the little segment in Elf. I I do not like stop motion. Yeah, but even that, like even that segment in Elf, there's just something off-putting about the way things move in stop motion you know there, you it looks natural but yet it looks unnatural in the same way and so whenever you have stop motion in something that is halloween based when you have you know skeletons and ghouls and things it just adds another level to it there's a reason why tim burton tends to work in stop motion a lot and in a lot he's known for being you know kind of scary creepy enjoying he likes that vibe yeah very macabre you know they use stop motion in beetlejuice as well and it it adds you know just another level to it but even on top of that you're dealing with a story that's about a halloween town it's about skeletons and ghouls and and just these odd creatures sally is essentially a frankenstein-esque monster and the mayor can flip his head around with to show his different emotions i mean yeah, everything is definitely off. Right. And then you have the whole kind of plot that Jack wants to uh, run Christmas for the year. And so they kidnap Santa Claus and he tries to replace Santa Claus. So definitely if you're a kid, if you see somebody kidnapping <laughs> Santa Claus, that's going to throw you off. And you have Oogie Boogie. He's full of bugs. I mean, there's just a lot of things in this movie. And again, Tim Burton movies, like you kind of mentioned, he kind of deals in that macabre dark fantasy type world anyways and disney actually was worried this was going to be a little bit too dark for general audiences and they considered releasing under their touchstone brand um just because they were worried that people might think it's a you know kids movie and kids may not react to it well but i mean it ultimately is a well-beloved movie but yeah if you look at there there is a lot of odd things that you could look at it one way and love it you could look at another way and be like i am freaked out by this movie i am in the camp of this movie is unsettling and I don't know if I like it. And our number one movie is definitely in the camp of, and this is a hot take and probably very unpopular, but I don't like it. And I, and it is because I think from the jump, I saw it as, Oh my gosh, these, these people, they're so threatening. And this movie is hocus pocus. So whenever we're introduced to the Sanderson sisters, they are, basically try stealing this the essence of a little girl they kill her and then they turn a child you know her, her i believe it's her brother uh banks is her brother into a cat into a cat because yeah. they say that that he's gonna have to live with the guilt and he goes to his family at the hanging because you know there's a hanging in the beginning of this movie they kill the sanderson sisters and he can't his family doesn't recognize him so all of these things just out of the from the beginning 
are just so unsettling that whenever we go through the rest of the movie and you're supposed to look at them and think they're kind of funny because they're bumbling, I couldn't find them as bumbling. I felt that they were very sinister. Yeah, and I think this kind of goes to, you talked about it, a recent episode where you talked about oh, you'd like to see something set with like the Salem Witch Trials. Mm -hmm. Like Marvel, I think we were talking about Agatha getting her own show. And you talked about, oh, it'd be interesting to see something set during like the Salem Witch Trials because that's a interesting period in our history, but it's also... Horrifying. Yeah, again, I mean, they're hanging people and stuff like that. And this plays into that. I mean, I don't know if specifically they're at, at part of the Salem Witch Trials or not, but it's definitely supposed to be that I, I don't remember specifically if they you know say this is salem but it's definitely supposed to be that time period and kind of part of that where you have these witches and they're hanging them so to your point that is a really yeah, horrific and scary part of our history and it's and it's more so because it's real i think that's the other thing you know any part where there's like a bit of realism to it mm-hmm. just adds to the creepiness and scariness of it so knowing that you know, while these three witches are actual witches and they, yeah, they lived say, forever. At least they were real witches that yeah. were hanged. No, and, and they lived. You know, they were able to survive. This happened to people. Like, right. people were killed because they thought they were witches. And that and that does add to it. And again, this one, I believe, is PG. And, like, when we watch it, I don't know how. Like, I don't think this would be PG today. Absolutely Just because you're not. right. The, the, the book is made out of human skin. Yeah, it's a human. The, eye, the eyeball in yeah, it and everything. Yeah, it's a human-bound yeah. book. It's so scary. And there's a zombie there's in, a it. Zombie in it. I, yeah. I mean... <laughs> It's just so, it is so bonkers that that, that is, yeah, if it's really rated PG, it's bonkers that it, that's literally the, the rating. And children watched that growing up. I think my parents knew me better at that time. And they were like, maybe we're going to steer clear of this one because I would have had nightmares for months from this movie. Yeah, I will disagree with you, though. I did like it. I'm looking forward to Hocus Pocus 2. Um, but I do find it interesting that our top movies are Halloween-based movies. Yeah, And so I think it goes to show you you know, one, when, when Disney wants to make a Halloween movie, they definitely make it scary. So yeah. that's good. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to see, like, again, these other movies. Like, you wouldn't think a movie like Toy Story or Pinocchio are inherently scary, but there definitely is a lot of scariness involved in it uh, if you really look at it. Yeah, exactly. So that rounds off our list of the top 10 scariest Disney movies. I'm sure we missed some of you know, your favorites or there's probably ones that you thought of that we didn't. I did check out a few other things to put on this list, like the Mr. Toad and Ichabod, but I didn't quite think that one was particularly that scary. So it didn't quite make the list, but there are definitely other things that we, we missed. So let us know on our Facebook enchanted ears and enchanted ears podcast on our Instagram. Definitely. And if you've not done so already, please subscribe, leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps and we really appreciate it. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.